Welcome to the Pokes Cast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune. Week zero has arrived. I am probably on my way to Chicago as you listen to this as Wyoming opens the 2022 season at Illinois. Week zero. It's been a long offseason. The Tato Bowl seems like it was about two years ago and it was uh, in December of 21. So a lot has happened to the Cowboys, and I think they're ready for a fresh start, and they'll get to do that in Big Ten country against a Power 5 program that is gettable. So it'll be an interesting weekend for Wyoming football and you know, for the Mountain West in general. So I'm going to welcome in Robert Gagliardi, my uh, Border War book co-author, to kind of break this week zero down. Robert, are you ready for some actual college football? Absolutely. I've been waiting for this. I think a lot of people have been waiting for this for a long time. And, you know, week zero doesn't have a lot of games, but there's some intriguing games. But it's it's college football. There's college football on this weekend. And for the rest of the year, Ryan, there won't be a weekend without college football. So I, I think I can safely speak for a lot of college football fans that that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. If you're a national reporter, you know, I listen to, you know, like uh, the Dan Wetzel Pat 40 podcast and and other podcasts and they you know when they break it down obviously the marquee matchup in week zero and there aren't many is you know Nebraska Northwestern in Ireland but you know some have mentioned Wyoming Illinois might be the number two on that slate Um, it's really an opportunity for the Mountain West which has I think five games that we'll pick later on in week zero to to get off to a, a good start when you know the college football world is hungry for it. And really your, your conference is one of the only ones playing a lot of games. So it's a great opportunity for Wyoming and other schools. Just how do you feel about the pokes now that we've had some news, some good, some really bad, you know, this last week of camp, you know, Sebastian Harsh, the defensive end that they really feel like was going to be their best defensive end this season is out indefinitely with an injury. Um, I've heard it's more on the severe side. Craig didn't get into specifics. Um, I wouldn't expect him back in, anytime soon. And then ob- obviously, DeWyan McNeely, the number two running back, is out for the Illinois game. That doesn't sound quite as serious. But the injury injuries have not been kind to this team during fall camp. Gunnar Gentry's out for the year. Keelan Cox is out indefinitely with a hip fractured hip. So he's going to be on crutches alongside of harsh in that defensive end room where they were already really thin. Um, The injuries give me pause about this season, but other than that, you know, I think the optimism is still there for this young roster, but that's really a tough blow because most teams have been able to stay healthy in the Mountain West. It looks like. Yeah. You know, especially to that defensive end group, Ryan, as you mentioned there, you know, they were going to be young and inexperienced no matter who, was going to, you know, if, if everyone was was healthy, they were going to be that way. But now that depth took a, has, has taken a hit. You know, it does sound like that the, the the harsh injury, you know, his somewhat harsh, no pun intended, and that's a, a tough blow for him. So, how, you know, what's the rotation going to be like? You know, that's, you know, that's going to be tough. You know, they're going to be playing. It's going to be kind of humid out there. Not like I don't think it's supposed to be like overwhelming, but certainly more than what Wyoming's used to at this time of year and everything. So, how will that affect them and and things like that? That's that's the most concerning thing for me 
going into camp. You know, I feel just, you know, your heart breaks for Gunnar Gentry. He's, you know, coming back from knee issues, you know, suffers another setback in that, you know, you just feel for the kid more than anything, but, you know, you know, but, uh, and again, I'm not trying to sound harsh when I say this, but, you know, we hadn't seen a lot of production from Gunner yet. So hopefully he gets healthy again and we can see that at some point, but it's not like, the, you know, you're losing 50 catches and 500 yards from him either. So what, what does that mean for other guys? So I think going in, you know, obviously it's the start of the season, everyone should be, you know, enthusiastic, should be upbeat. But I will say that the, the injuries along the defensive end uh, has me concerned going into this first game. Yeah, if you're a Wyoming fan, you have to, I guess, cross your fingers that it'll be like the interior of the defensive line in 2020 where they had a rash of injuries and they throw, you know, Cole Goodbow and Jordan Bertinoli out there, especially Bertinoli, who had started out as a walk-on and a smaller player. And those guys really were outstanding and still are to this day. And that experience obviously led to them becoming really good Mountain West players. You hope the guys they throw in at defensive end, even though, as Craig Bull said, they're not household names, uh, emerges that and they'll have to quickly. Um, you know, you have certainly Devon Harris has some experience and he'll be one of the guys, one of the three main guys in the rotation now. Um, you know, I wrote a story earlier in camp on Olabazi Omotosho, uh, who's a redshirt freshman from Houston, certainly a talented guy who's been learning behind, you know, veteran guys and kind of waiting his turn. I think they were counting on those two, you know, in addition to Harsh and had talked them up and were kind of looking for that fourth guy. Well, now they only have three and the third guy, you know, is Braden Siders, uh, who really, from, from everything I heard, you know, from, you know, Jay Savell and the other defensive ends really came on in the last week or 10 days where he really started to put it together. And they said that's not just because Harsh is gone. They're, they're saying that, that he was going to be that fourth guy. So uh, those three are really what they have right now. And, uh, you know, with Keelan Cox, the Alabama transfer, as I mentioned, also out. I mean, it's really thin there. It'll be interesting to see if those three have to play the whole game or if they do some other things. Uh, you know, to, to get other guys on the edge. I, I got to think, Ryan, and I know we, you know, you're not allowed to see all of practice, you know, when I covered them, we weren't allowed, you know, and, but I do know like, it, well, not just Craig Bull staff, but a lot of staffs, when they start getting thin depth wise with at some spots, they usually have a couple of guys, they start at least getting some reps on like, kind of like an, an emergency thing. I got to think they've probably done that. Now, hopefully that doesn't come to fruition where they have to use them, but sometimes you never know. Um, so I got to think they probably have some guys in the, in the wings that they're, Hey, if we got to, you know, put them in an emergency or even just a, a player here, you know, player or two here or there, just to get some guys some rest, maybe they do that, but we'll, that'll be interesting. But that also kind of leads into another intriguing thing about this, that you wrote about earlier this week, Ryan was, you know, look, both these teams, at least on paper, at least in the past are very similar. They're very, they, they want to be physical. They want to run the ball. It's more of a power run game. You know, but then, you know, Illinois go out, goes out and, you know, Brent Bielma hires a new offensive coordinator from Texas San Antonio who basically beat his team last year, you know, that runs kind of a spread wide open type of thing. So what's what's that? What's Wyoming going to see now? There's a big difference from changing offense from more of like a pro style, you know, power run game to go spread and all this other stuff. That's 
I don't care if you're Illinois or Wyoming or who you are. That's you just don't change that overnight, or that's very difficult to do. So what does Wyoming see on Saturday? Do they see power run? Do they see spread? I think you'll see concepts of probably all of it, but that's going to be interesting. And not just for the entire defense, you know, and how does it adjust? And then when you do have some thin, you know, like a defensive end, when you're thin, you know, are you going to be able to rotate some guys in and out? What will tempo be like? I mean, there's, a, you know, along with those that injury front, just what is Wyoming going to face offensively and how do they adjust and how quickly do they adjust to that? To me is really maybe, Ryan, maybe one of the biggest keys of the game, at least for me. Yeah, I think Illinois is going to try to go tempo just to kind of establish a new uh, identity on offense. I don't know that they'll pass the ball as much as Texas San Antonio did. I don't think they will, actually. They do have one really good wide receiver, uh, but they have really good running backs and a big offensive line. So I think they'll, at the end of the day, you know, especially in the second half, they're going to get back to Brett Bielema's bread and butter, which is running the ball and power running. Uh, which could help Wyoming because, you know, the defensive ends, we don't know how they're going to do, but pass rush was certainly an issue last year, even with the veteran crew. So, you know, if, if, if Illinois is, you know, out of sync, which you would expect in game one with a new offense that could help Wyoming. I think both teams are catching the other at a good time. Mm -hmm. You know, Illinois is not rebuilt yet. They're, they're a year or two away from being a factor in the big 10. Okay. But they are, it would appear better than they were last year when they were five and seven. And their goal is to get to a bowl game. They haven't had a winning year season in, in 10 years. And I think they feel like in order to do that, they have to beat Wyoming. And I think, uh, so I think both teams should be optimistic about their chances just because there's so much newness on Wyoming and Illinois is not a finished product at all. So uh, you know, it's going to be a, an interesting chess match, especially with that new Illini offense against Wyoming's defense, which is, you know, lost so much to graduation in the portal and has so many new guys they're excited about. Yeah. And then I think, you know, obviously, you know, we've talked a lot about it over the summer, Ryan, you know, it seems like, you know, P Andrew Peasley is going to be the starting quarterback. And again, maybe the worst kept secret in Laramie and, and maybe even around the Mountain West at this point. But come on, Robert, it says TBA on the depth chart. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a lot of oars on depth charts, you know, from a lot of schools and even obviously from Wyoming. I don't think I've ever seen in the, you know, over 20 years that I covered Wyoming when they would have depth charts out, whether it was for a regular season game, a bowl game, spring whatever i don't think i've ever seen tba under a position that that was new for me when i saw that from you guys this week and uh um but you know what's that what's the andrew peasley quote quote unquote era gonna look like how's it gonna start off what are we you know again one game wasn't isn't going to define wyoming season or any team season at this point but i think you do you should be able to get a kind of a gauge of maybe what it's going to be like at least you like to hope so you know what, what will that be like you know and I think that I think a lot of Wyoming fans are very curious about that I mean we've heard nothing but good things about him you know I know reading a lot of your stuff you know he's Andrew's a very confident kid I don't I wouldn't describe him as cocky at least not through the stuff I've read from you Ryan but you know um he does have experience but what does it mean now this is a, you know it's a new team it's a new new everything for him so what's that going to be and then how does the the rest of the offense mesh around that, you know, I'm, you know, I think most Wyoming fans are curious about that. And I'm certainly one of them. And just how the Andrew Peasley era's quote unquote starts off for the Wyoming Cowboys this year. 
Yeah, I mean, I wrote a story for Friday's edition of the Star Tribune. Go to trip.com and check it out about the Gunner Gentry injury because it was deflating for everyone. Not that they expected him to, you know, replace all of Isaiah Nayor's production or anything like that, but, you know, he had already battled back from two knee injuries. He was starting to make those contested catches in practice that Bull was challenging the group to do. He was doing that. You know, everyone mentioned it. He had, you know, a catch that reminded everyone of his brother, you know, the old Josh Allen to Tanner Gentry connection recently. And then he goes down with a non-contact knee injury. He's out for the year. It was, it was really deflating. Um, and the story on Friday is kind of the receiver group as a whole, kind of they're going to play for Gunner and rally around this and and try to to get the job done without him and, and for him. Uh, he'll be around, but he won't be on this trip, obviously. So, um, you know, the starters are Joshua Cobbs and Wyatt Wheeland. I think they would have been the starters even if Gunner were healthy. Um, but now that the quote-unquote X factor, which Bull described Gunner as in this offense, is out, who who is that third guy? Uh, you know, is it a true freshman like Caleb Merritt, who's in the story, a super smart guy from St. Louis, fast guy who will have a lot of family uh, in Champaign? Um, is it uh, a physical freak like Alex Brown? Does he finally uh, emerge as a guy on this team? You know, so that'll be interesting. Um, regardless of the the receivers that are out there, I think it's going to be more of a passing game by committee this year. We've talked about that. The tight ends are the strength of the team, arguably. Uh, they have some running backs who can catch the ball. You know, I still think their goal is to limit the passing to about 20 attempts per game and complete 15 of them. And, you know, to have the Levi Williams performance at Utah State be a consistent norm for Peasley, the former Utah State quarterback at Wyoming. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. This is a big test to see if they can do that and balance things. You know, I, I, I agree. I, you know, I don't think anything's going to change in this offense to where, you know, this isn't going to become, you know, air air bowl, so to speak, where they're going to air it out 40 times a game or, or go crazy that way. But I do think one thing that has to happen with this and, and whether it's by committee or one guy, I mean, you know, Wyoming has to at least prove that they can, they can be a threat to throw the ball deep. I mean, if you're going to be a power run game a run team, Ryan, you got to at least have the threat to spread the field. So every, you know, even if you're going to throw the ball, even if it's a passing down, you know, Teams can bring their safeties up and just and just clog the clog the field, so to speak. So at least prove that you can be a deep threat or you can throw the ball deep. Now I'm not saying throw the ball deep first three times you touch the ball, but you got to prove that. So who's that going to be? And if Wyoming can't establish that deep threat or at least show that it may have one, that's going to hamstring this team throughout the season. And we saw it last year. I think a big, you know, a bit, honestly, Ryan, in my eyes, a big reason why Isaiah Neor had such good stats, granted, he's a very, very good player, don't want to take anything away, but teams would just say, hey, they're going to throw the ball or they're going to throw it underneath, but then Isaiah Neor obviously talented enough to beat teams deep. Who's going to be that guy as well? And maybe if there's multiple guys, that's fine, but they're going to have to show that they can, you know, there's one thing to throw, you know, 10 yard out patterns to the sideline. That's, that's all good and fine, but you know, you got to have a deep threat. If you're a power run game to keep that defense honest and what will that be? You know, I think that's maybe that's a question we get answered 
uh, Saturday. I don't know. Maybe that's still something we still will wait to find out. But I think that's going to be a very key part of this offense is at least showing that Wyoming has a deep threat to keep defenses honest. And maybe that hopefully opens up the run game. Because I honestly think Isaiah Neor's ability to make big plays opened the run game up last year, too. I thought it worked both ways there. Yeah, and they did go deep to Neor quite a bit. And they did sell the ball over his head quite a bit or underthrew him quite a bit. So, you know, I don't think they obviously have a guy like that right now. I think that's TBA. That should be on the depth chart. TBA, deep threat. So, uh, you know, as, as far as, you know, the featured guy, it's going to be Titus Swin. Obviously, McNeely not being available is a little bit of a concern. So what you have behind him, <clears throat> you know, obviously are a couple of redshirt freshmen and, and Joey Brash, great name. And DQ James, great speed. Uh, I'd like to see those guys get some touches on Saturday, see what they can do, because they're fast guys, maybe different styles than than Titus Swin. And, you know, obviously they're going to lean on the running game, but that could also mean, you know, somehow getting DQ or Brash in space and, and throw them the ball and, and see what happens. Yeah, I'd like to see, you know, see if Wyoming does utilize getting the ball to the running backs more in the past game. You mentioned DQ James seems like he, you know, is, is, is a more smaller profile type of back, but certainly has some speed, you know, try to get him in some space. I'm, I'm curious there. Look, Ryan, you've covered the team. When I first saw McNeely, when he first got to Wyoming, you know, as a true freshman, I'm just like, Whoa, you know, he, he passed the eye test to me. And I don't know if that's changed. I, I don't think that probably has changed. Even though I haven't seen him, couple years, you know, and certainly, you know, he has been plagued by injuries, more nagging type injuries, nothing, nothing serious, but, but this is chances for other guys, you know, and certainly Wyoming's, you know, done a very good job of developing running backs and producing running backs. And I'm curious to see what some of these other guys can do. It, certainly curious, you know, anxious to see Titus Swen in, in this new role for him and um, excited for him, but also excited for these other guys, you know, um, see we'll see what they can do against you know you know pretty physical competition i think one thing that should be assumed going into this game ryan is obviously they're playing a big 10 opponent you mentioned you know illinois is not the top of the big 10 by any stretch but i think this will be a physical game um you know whether illinois runs spread all the time i think you're gonna this is going to be a very physical game this is you know not a lot of teams open with physical type games like this. I don't know Wyoming wants to be physical. So I'm going to be curious to just kind of along both lines of scrimmages for both teams, you know, who wins that battle. I think it's safe to say, you know, it's kind of a cliche. Usually the team that wins the line is battle of the line of scrimmage wins the football game. That's going to be an interesting battle with this one because both want to be physical and which kind of, which team is going to impose its will on the other first and, and more often in this game. Yeah. And the, and the good thing for Wyoming is, and, and this will be in the advanced Saturdays, they have guys like Cole Goodbow, who's from Big Ten country, uh, Jordan Bertinoli, who's a Wyoming guy through and through, uh, you know, the tight end group, Caleb Driscoll, the fullback from Gillette, Parker Christensen, the H-back from Sheridan. All these guys have talked about how much they love hitting other players and the physical nature of football. That's why they – that's their favorite part of it, and they love the fact – that everyone's talking about, oh, Big Ten, they're big, they're physical. So it'll be interesting to see if they can hold up and, and back up their own brand of physicality in this game. I think they're really looking forward to that. Definitely, and I think uh, just see, you know, again, I always thought, you know, and you probably heard Craig say, Craig Bull say this, you know, that 
you know, you don't, your season isn't one or, you know, made or made or broken on your first game, you know, but you get a, get a take and then you see where, you know, where some of the, the strengths and maybe some of the deficiencies of teams are going into their second game, you know, so we're not, I'm not trying to, you know, bump it to Tulsa the next week, but I'm just curious of what this team's going to be like. And I know I've heard Craig say this, I've heard him say this to you too, Ryan, that, you know, usually for him, you know, by about midway through the first quarter, you kind of get a feel of like, hey, you know, we may have something here. Oh, you know, we're a lot more inexperienced than I thought. You know, you get a feel for your football team, at least Craig does. I'm curious what he's going to say after this game, win, lose, or whatever happens. What, what's Craig's impression of this 2-20-22 Wyoming football team going to be, at least early on? And again, I, with a young team, I got a sense, at least to think if things go right, that you know, they should improve each week a little bit. And hopefully by late October, early November, Wyoming is playing its best football at that point. But just what kind of identity, what what kind of feel are we going to get from the 2022 Cowboys from this opener? I think I think most Wyoming fans are very curious about that. Yeah, and circling back to uh, the TBA position before we get into our picks, I think the key of this whole season is Andrew Peasley, you know, Levi Williams and Sean Chambers were bigger guys. They were popular guys. Their teammates loved them. But for whatever reason, they couldn't get it done as far as, you know, leading this offense. Um, you know, we'll never know if Levi could have developed into that. Obviously, he transferred after winning the Potato Bowl Most Valuable Player Award. So he was certainly trending in a really good direction. Uh, but Peasley is going to be key because can he be more efficient you know, higher completion percentage, um, less turnovers, that sort of thing. That's all they want from him. They don't want him to be Josh Allen. They want him to be Andrew Peasley. And, you know, he's a fast guy, and that'll be interesting to see him without the red jersey on. You know, he's going to have to pick up some first downs in this game the hard way. And, you know, <laughs> everything I'm saying presumes that he's the guy, even though they're playing the the cloak and dagger with the depth chart, but I would just be stunned if Svoboda or any of the other guys who've never played at this level, that they get their first start at Illinois, that would be a stunning turn of events. I mean, Svoboda would have had to secretly have a number 17 worthy camp to give them that much confidence, I would think. Not that he can't do that in the future. Right. And I think another thing that would be shocking to me, Ryan, is if if Craig Bull does a quarterback rotation. You know, again, if 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 it's Peasley or whoever starts, if that person obviously gets hurt, or if obviously there's big time struggles, then you see someone else. But I don't. I, I another thing that would surprise me is if they got into a quarterback rotation type thing, or even you know, Craig isn't even one who's like, well, you know, in this, you know, the first series in the second quarter, we're going to get this this guy some some reps. He's not even a big fan of that. You know, I think not to say that he might not ever change quarterbacks but you know i think if it's andrew peasley or whoever else that's that's the guy they're ba- they're banking on and then they're going to ride the ride that card as long as they can so i think that's another thing that would really surprise me is if they started doing some rotational type stuff cuz i know craig bull is not a big fan of that all right let's get into these picks we'll uh we'll tally this all season and and see who the the expert is uh on mountain west football against the spread it's not easy, Robert, especially week zero, but uh, let's get into it. Um, like I said, the Mountain West has five games this week, this Saturday. So, you know, you're going to get your fill if you're a big fan of, of Mountain West football. Uh, let's start it off with uh, Idaho State at UNLV. Uh, 
Uh, I believe I saw that former Wyoming quarterback Tyler Vanderwall has, you know, reclaimed his position as the Bengals starter. So there's some intrigue there from a Wyoming perspective, even though the Pokes don't play the Rebels this year. This is a 1.30 kickoff in Las Vegas on CBS Sports. And the line I saw is UNLV is a 21.5 point favorite over the Fighting Vanderwalls. What do you think? Well, I don't know if UNLV has been a 21-point favorite over. I don't care if they played in NAI school. I don't know if they've been a 21-point favorite over anyone in the last 30 years. But, you know, I know, you know, UNLV should be better. I don't. Idaho State has a new coach. Um, happy for Tyler Vanderwall to earn that starting spot back. He was a starter last year, got hurt, got it back this year. Um, Idaho State's completely in rebuilding mode, so, you know, I don't know how good UNLV is going to be, but I think in this first one, um, I think they cover. I never thought I'd ever say, I don't care who they were playing, that the Rebels will cover a 21-and-a-half-point spread, but I'm going to go with that this week. Yeah, I mean, I think Marcus Arroyo has accrued some good talent, but he's also lost some talent that I know he was crushed to lose in the portal. They lost you know, one of their best players to Michigan State, so – I, they're not done rebuilding by any means, and Idaho State is rebuilding, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, Vanderwall's experience. He's been around forever and a day. I think that Idaho State will cover, but the Rebels get off to a 1-0 start, and obviously that's a game they have to have. Uh, let's move on to um, the reigning Mountain West champion Utah State Aggies are hosting UConn, a team that Wyoming played last year. Uh Jim Mora Jr. is now in charge of UConn football and trying to get them out of the abyss. I, I noticed that he had a, you know some comments saying it was um, pretty insulting that they were, you know, at one point I think thirty-three point underdogs. Not that they don't deserve it, but just that the hole they need to climb out of to get respect. Uh, I think the line that I saw now is it's gone down to uh, Utah State as a twenty-seven point favorite. Uh, do the Aggies roll by four touchdowns, or is UConn going to be more salty this year, Robert? You know, you got to think you would like to hope, you know, if, if you're UConn, that they're going to get better. But, you know, new coaching, you know, new coach, probably lots of new just philosophies. Then you're traveling across the country for your first game. You know, Logan isn't like playing it in Laramie or, or even, you know, at, at altitude that high, but it's still altitude for them. You know, I think Utah State coming off its Mountain West Championship – there's a lot of excitement there. Um, you know, I think people are jazzed up about Utah State football. So I, you know, I can't believe I'm doing it. But yeah, I think I know that's a lot of points, but I think Utah State comes out on fire and they they get their you know, they start defending their Mountain West Championship on a hard note. So yeah, I think they do cover that on I yeah, Utah State to cover another big spread. I agree with you. I think they roll. Um I think uh Utah State's in an interesting position because you know, Logan Bonner wore his championship ring to Mountain West Media Days, but he was not picked as the preseason player of the year. Utah State was picked, uh, I think, third in the Mountain Division. So they still have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, and they have some really good pieces coming back from last year's run. Um, and by the way, they need to really be use this week zero game to get you know, in mid-season form because their next game is at number one Alabama. So I'm going to go with the Aggies to roll this week and then 
you know, we'll see uh, what happens in, in Tuscaloosa that could get ugly on the, on the other side. All right. Uh, kind of, here's a, an interesting one. Um, Nevada is at New Mexico state. Now Nevada is totally rebuilding, you know, half, you know, 11 guys from last year's team went with Jay Norvell to Fort Collins uh, and other guys transferred to San Jose state and elsewhere in the conference. So Nevada is a complete rebuild and New Mexico state is just one of those programs that you put on the schedule for a W. Unfortunately, they, they just struggle year in year out. They don't have an, a real strong conference affiliation. They don't have an identity, you know, and, uh, but this is in Las Cruces, Robert. So uh, I was surprised that Nevada is actually uh, an eight point favorite. So uh, I'm going to just call this one. I think New Mexico state, covers and maybe wins i'm gonna i agree with you i think new mexico state at very least covers i think they certainly have a chance to win you know new coach for for new mexico state as well they're both rebuilding i think you know there's certainly talent it sounds like the quarterback for the for nevada's you know guy that you know sat behind carson strong for a while so but it's different than when you're you know that you're the guy now but you know, they just got a lot of pieces to replace. You know, I just think, you know, Las Cruces isn't, you know, I know a pretty good Wyoming team went down there a couple of years ago and, you know, won, but it was, it wasn't easy. So I think, you know, New Mexico state will be ready for this. They, you know, they get a chance to be on TV, which isn't happened much for them. So I think New Mexico state covers, I wouldn't be surprised if they won, but I, I like I like the Aggies to cover this. All right. We're in agreement there. And I mentioned that Utah State goes to Alabama in a Mountain West SEC matchup next week. On the other end of that matchup spectrum is Vanderbilt, the dregs of the SEC, going all the way from Nashville to Honolulu to play Hawaii, a team that no one is expecting anything out of in the Mountain West as they completely rebuild under Timmy Chang. Uh, believe it or not, the Rainbow Warriors despite all that travel for Vandy are eight and a half point underdogs. Uh, what do you think about this game, which is eight 30 PM on CBS sports uh, to close out the day? You know, boy, this is a tough one, but you know, I know Vanderbilt, you know, they're doing a lot of things to try to get out of the sec doldrums and granted that's, there's still a lot of work to be done, but I think Vanderbilt goes over there and, and takes care of business. I just think there's so much unknown. I mean, why lost its quarterback, you know, new coach. And I know they're, they're trying to rally behind Tim, Timmy Chang, you know, one of their own, you know, and, and I think some, you know, wise better days will come, but I think it's going to take some time. And even though it's at home, it's not like they're playing in a lost day and they're playing in kind of a temporary place that looks nice, but you know, it's just, there's, there's really no home crowd there. I think Vanderbilt goes over there and, and takes care of business. So I think that I think the Commodores cover that spread. All right. I agree with you. I think Vandy will win, but I am going to take uh, the Warriors to cover uh, and, and get that thing, you know, within eight and a half. I think uh, it's more of a touchdown game. Um, Hawaii typically pulls off an upset or two on the Island when these power five programs go over there. Usually it's late in the season when, you know, teams aren't full of optimism, but uh I'll take the Warriors to cover. Okay, our fifth and final game, Wyoming at Illinois. You know, it's moved up to where I saw Illinois minus 11. Um, you know, so many unknowns on both sides. Both teams really could use this win just to kind of turn the page on last season. I know both teams could certainly use a good performance at quarterback and in the passing game to to give fans some ex 
optimism about this season. Uh, I'm going to say Wyoming covers. Uh, I think Illinois is going to win. I just think there's so much youth on Wyoming that they're going to make a couple of those fatal mistakes, whether that's penalties or turnovers, and they won't win. But I do think they'll cover. I do think they'll show well. And I do think that will give them at least some optimism about what they can do, you know, the next week at home against Tulsa and in the Mountain West. But, you know, I'm not calling for the outright upset. I'm calling for Wyoming to cover this game. I think it'll be a good game. I agree with you with just about everything you said, Ryan. I think Wyoming covers, but I don't I don't foresee them winning this. I'm certainly not surprised if they won it. Well, I guess no, I take that back. I kind of would be surprised. I think they have a chance to. I don't think it's certainly hopeless. I think Wyoming covers. I, I agree. I think there's just some 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 youthfulness will probably come back and, and, and hurt them at least at some key times. I think they're gonna see some things that they're gonna have some things to work with this year. Going on the road for the first one, you know, like you said, this is a big game for Illinois to, you know, get to their goal of wanting to get to get bowl eligibility and stuff. So I think we're going to see some good things, but we're also going to see some, you know, drop your head and shake your head type things from the Cowboys. So I think it's a good game, a competitive game and a physical game. But I do I see Wyoming covering. Don't see the Cowboys winning it. But um, people are probably just like now saying, oh, these guys are, you know, you know, why aren't you, you know, where's your loyalty? Just going to say when. When I was doing this, when I was covering the beat, there's a lot of times I didn't pick Wyoming. And honestly, you know, it wasn't usually when I didn't pick Wyoming, Wyoming won. So just let you know that, that I have a long, long history of, you know, when I don't pick the Cowboys, they usually come back and win. So just just know that going in, everyone. Yeah, both coordinators told me they have to play clean to win this game. And, you know, Wyoming's offensive line is getting good reviews, but there are three new starters there. And Aboje is playing a new position. There's a new quarterback, you know, there's new receivers in bigger roles than they've had, even though there's some veteran guys there. Uh, there's just too much new, and I'm, I'm concerned about the injuries, especially at defensive end. So that doesn't mean the season is lost, as you've said, but if they win, that would be a pleasant surprise, and I would expect, uh, you know, a lot of momentum going into Tulsa and a huge crowd for the home opener. So, um, you know. I'll eat the crow for sure. But, uh, you know, just being around it, I know uh, there's just a lot of new and I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, looking forward to it. College football's finally here, Ryan. Couldn't be happier. And I'm glad Wyoming's part of this zero week. All right. Uh, we'll do it again next week and grade ourselves on our picks. And, uh, and uh, you know, enjoy the weekend, Robert. Uh, I'm certainly going to enjoy my first trip to Champaign. And uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, my pleasure, Ryan. Look forward to seeing you next week.